0: Thank you for supporting Overcomer's Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Let's get into the Word of God. I know you have your Bibles. So go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 37. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 5. The book of Psalms, chapter 37, verses 1 through 5. Psalms 37, verses 1 through 5 reads as follows. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. Based on what I just read to you. I want to talk to you from this topic. A choice to do good. A choice to do good. The power of choice is a great gift from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Choice can be defined as to decide on a course of action when faced with one or more alternatives. Choice is synonymous with words such as options, preferences, possibilities, and so forth. We live in society faced with choices the moment that we enter into this world. Choices in many cases result in some type of long-term or short-term outcome. See, choices have consequences, whether good or bad. They got consequences. For example, parents can have a choice to set bedtime routines at an early age as well as routines for feeding, reading, and playing with their babies or their toddlers. We live in a generation where some parents believe that you should let their child explore and discover themselves in whatever they want. The parents hope that the child will choose to get the proper amount of sleep, but some children refer to stay up to the point of extreme exhaustion. Sometimes they even put these children on TikToks and YouTube about the child about to fall asleep. Sad, but anyway, it's on there. Resulting, sometimes this results in a short-term outcome. They become fussy, frustrated, and crying for long periods of time time, and not being able to calm down. The long-term effects could be that they are a child with poor sleeping habits who become frustrated, easily distracted, yelling at their peers and teachers and such like. School becomes rough for the child, the parent, and the teacher's. And could it be that the choice of the parents to not set a routine to honor rest and good sleep at an early age has shaped and formed a child, a young adult, or etc. to become a person who does whatever he or she wants, whenever they want, not to mention school has become a burden rather than a blessing. Some parents who set boundaries for their infants, toddlers, and children teach them at an early age to reverence and respect time people and opportunities regardless of how great or small that they that they think they may be. We live in a society where some parents are choosing not to teach children in such manner and they lose res- and we see sometimes that the child loses respect for authority authority, the value of people, life, and ultimately they lose respect for God, His house and his word. Choices are significant and God has given us The power to make a choice. No doubt he desires that we choose him above everyone and everything else. According to scriptures like Mark 12 and 30 in the New Testament and Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7 in the Old Testament. So let's go to Matthew, excuse me, Mark 12 and verse 30. The book of Mark, chapter 12 and verse 30. And you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Let's look at that scripture a little bit closer. And you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, your feelings, your understandings, your will, and your character. In other words, I like the word will there because it's a decision that you make and choose to love God. Listen, you don't always feel like loving God. You just made up in your mind, you're going to love God. No matter what goes on in your life, you have made up in your mind, I love Jesus. Say that with me. I love Jesus. That's it. You just made up your mind. I love Jesus. Regardless of what goes on around me, it is my will to love Jesus goes on to say in this particular verse, with all your soul, your life, your emotions, and your affections, and with all your mind, your understanding, your thinking, and your imagination. Listen, when you understand that your thinking and your imagination and your understanding, it needs to come to a position that I love God. No matter what goes on in my life, I want to come to a position that I love Jesus. And with all your strength, my ability, and my power, this is the first commandment. He is so clear on the choice that he desires for us to make that he tells us to teach this same choice to our children and talk about it in our homes according to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 7. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 7. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So look a little closer at this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Then let me hesitate for a moment and give you something real quickly. This is a choice. This is a choice. If you're gonna love God with everything you got, it's a choice that you must make. And not only are you gonna make it, this is your lifestyle. You don't let anything come between you and your God. This is a choice. It goes on to say this. And these words, and the words there can be defined as commandments, advice, or decrees, which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them and instruct, instruct the sharpener, in other words, become wiser in them diligently to your children. And you shall talk to them, you speak or declare and command of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. See, scriptures like these will make our marriages better, our parenting better, our careers better, our businesses better, and so forth. But it's a choice on whether we're going to do as the word says or we're going to lean on our own understanding. We have some options to help us do good, but at times we must just, we just want to do it our way. And I've been guilty of that too, so I can't get mad at anybody else. I've been guilty of the same through. Had to repent, just like we all have to do. The Lord desired for us to love Him, to be content with Him in every aspect of our being. In our heart, in our soul, in our mind, and in our strength. Again, in our heart, In our soul, in our mind, and in our strength. We begin to commit to loving God at this level. It helps us to deal with people, situations, temptations, and such like that would try to get us to choose them over choosing him. The Lord gives us the best advice that we need to make daily choices that will cause us to do better and to be better. Yet he does not force it on us. It is a choice. God would never force you to do anything. Number one, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. He sets the standard and it's up to us to follow our omniscient God. Let's go to another scripture, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. The book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Philippians 2 and 12 reads as follows, Therefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Let's look a little closer at that scripture. Therefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, so notice this, Paul was reminding this church that you have to learn to choose God when you're, listen, when he said in my presence, in Paul's presence, and when you are not in Paul's presence, we all have to learn how to choose God. But when you do that, work out your own salvation. Work out means that which brings results. You want godly results when you're working out your salvation. And he says, do this with fear, with alarm and reference and trembling. Uh, trembling means a quaking fear that comes when a person uh, distrusts their ability but places their trust in his ability. It is a personal choice that we must make when our salvation is on the line or in the balance. I have to choose to trust God with my deliverance, my protection, my peace, my prosperity, and so forth, despite what people are saying. Relationships are whispering in my ear and such like I must choose to work out my salvation. And let me say this to you, it's a lifetime. You don't work it out overnight. It is a lifelong journey. You work it out it, just like you work it out every every day you work out your own salvation. I have to choose to have some reference and insight that only God can bring me out despite being tempted by people who live a lifestyle of mischief, jealousy, anger, violence, and just twisted behavior. They choose this lifestyle of being mischievous, having jealousy, anger, violence, and just twisted behavior. They choose this. I want you to understand people choose to misbehave. Let me say that to you again. People choose to misbehave just in case you forgot when you were misbehaving, you chose to misbehave. So let's not look at people and like, why are you doing that? Oh, you forgot about the time you chose to do something very simple. So we always have to be mindful of that and thank God for his grace and his mercy. We might be tempted to act like that because part of us can relate to what we see, but we have to go back to scriptures like Mark 12 and 30 again, which reads, and you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, which is con- excuse me, your heart, with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This of course is the first commandment. Now let's go back over to Psalms 37 and looking at verse 1. Psalms 37, Again, looking at verse 1. One of the things I want us to understand about this, and scholars and historians believe that David wrote this psalm in his old age. It would seem that David had learned a lesson or two along the way and wanted to pass it on to his readers. We need to learn the lessons that, that David is going to be teaching in Psalms 37. One lesson that David is encouraging us to think about is our daily choices, how we're using our energy, where our mindset is when it comes to dealing with people that are doing what they want to do, when they want to do it, and how they want to do it. They're not living for God and not even trying to live for God. They have a twisted way of thinking about our one true God, his church, and his people. They would do what they They would take their energy, they would try to take our energy away from loving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with our heart, our soul, and our strength, and our mind and the way we do things because of the activities that they do. Now remember, the the people that do these things, they do certain activities, and these activities and deeds can take you away from God. So I got to make sure I'm not following their activities, I'm not following their deeds, I'm not following the way that they do things. They if we want to do better, we got to make a decision to do better. We and when we allow people into our space space with different uh agendas, we got to be careful. They can if they're not if you're not careful, they can influence us to make the choices to walk out of the will of God. So Psalms 37 verse 1 reads as follows, do not fret because of evil doers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquities. Again, do not fret, do not become angry, do not become hot, do not become incensed because of evil doers. Those people that do bad, that do wicked activity and mischief, don't be, don't get angry folks because they're doing evil. And this is what you got to understand. God knew they were going to do evil before they did it, and he still didn't stop them. He does not stop people that choose to do evil. He doesn't stop them. God doesn't say that, well, you know, you're going to do evil. Let me stop you from doing it. He doesn't work like that because everybody has a choice to make. And let me say this to you before I go further. Even being born again, if you choose to do evil, he will not stop you. He will not stop you. If I choose to do evil, you mean God will not step down and, and put a force field between me and them? No. If you choose to do something against somebody that goes against scripture, he will not stop you. Now, beautiful thing about it, he will Give us a chance to repent. And I'm so grateful that he does. Hallelujah. But he doesn't stop you. He says, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. So don't get jealous or have jealous anger or provoke to jealousy. The workers, those that produce and make and prepare what? Iniquity. There are some people that prepare Or make injustices wrong and violent deeds of injustice. They do that. I mean, they just produce it. In fact, one of the things I was thinking about, I was going to share this later, but let me share this with you now. People that make injustices think they do it right. They think they are doing right. Therefore, you cannot use your standard or my standard as what is right or what is wrong. You have to go by godly scripture. You got to use the word of God as what is right and what is wrong. Because people can do injustices. They can do uh, violent deeds of injustice and they'll think they right. are it right. There's some people right now that you know they're in the world that are doing injustices and they think they are doing right. And you can't tell them they're not doing right. He said, don't even fret yourself over people like this. Because scripturally speaking, you always gonna have people that are gonna do this until Jesus come back and get his church out. You always gonna have people like this. So he said, do not spend a lot of time with these type individuals. David let, and David learned this because he has spent his life journey dealing with stuff just like this. And so he said, listen, I've learned some things along the way and I want to share with you. So in turn, you won't get caught up in these type of things and miss out on the will of God for your life. And we want to learn from David today. David's letting us say, don't use your energy to get upset, angry and hot about when we see wicked, twisted, what we see wicked, twisted people do. Now, we define their acts of evil by God's standard of his word. I don't use my standard of what is good, and right, and wrong as my as what it, what is right and wrong for everybody. I use the standard of God's word because some people think what they're doing are right. So you tell them that they're wrong, but hold on, I'm doing what I think is right, and they have a they can justify their reasons too. But you can't justify when God says it's wrong is wrong. And he is our standard of what is right and what is wrong. Now, I've got to line my standard up with what God says. And when I line up what God says, I've got a standard I can stand on. Now, my standard of right and wrong, it may not cut the buster. But his standard of right and wrong, he's unpaid the price to be the boss. And he has paid it, and I I trust God and when he says it's right I trust God when he says it's wrong and we stick with that now he also tells us not to sit around and have thoughts of jealousy envy and become resentful of people and their actions especially those who were doing wrong there are some humans who will do wrong and continue to practice sin They're, they're, they're not there and this is amazing you can see them on the news and people look shocked when people are doing wrong and they see them on the news, I don't get shot no more. I used to, but I've learned that there's some people they're gonna do wrong. They gonna grow He said, "Don't get hot. Don't get uh Don't lose. Don't get upset about when people are doing wrong, because people are going to do what they choose to do. They're gonna do what they they do what they uh choose to do." He also tells us not to sit around, and have thoughts of jealousy, envy, and become resentful of people, and the actions, especially those who are doing wrong. They're, these people can get you off track and derail us in every area of our life, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, and so forth. goes on here in verse 2, 37 in verse 2. For they will soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Again, for they shall soon, those that work soon, be cut down, clipped or cut off like the grass and wither, droop, fade and fall as the green herb. David david's letting us know the destiny of the wicked and the evildoers. They will be cut off. They will fade fast. They have a short time, but the, thing, the problem is they can do a lot of damage in a short time. When you think about wicked people and the things that they do, they can do a lot of damage in a short time. They can do. I, I mean, I cannot deny that they can do a lot of damage in a short time. But notice this. They will soon be cut off. They will soon be cut off. But in that time that they have, they can do a lot of damage. That's why we need divine protection in our lives. We need God to to protect us against people when they decide to do injustices and wicked behavior. We need God's protection. David goes on to tell us that we should be focusing on what agrees with Mark 12 and 30 and Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 through 7. Let's go to Psalms 37 and verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. So I like this. He wants us to trust, have confidence, be secure and feel safe in the Lord. You got wicked people, big people doing injustices around. You got to trust in God. And you got to make sure that you put your mind in a place where you're constantly trusting in God, even though wicked people may be doing injustices around you. You got to trust God when you see injustice on television, on television in your community, in your neighborhood. You got to trust God that He's got your back. This is what David they, they saw this in the life that he lived here on the earth. He said, "You know what? I've seen some stuff in my day. I've seen some stuff in my day, and I listen. When it comes down to it, you got to trust God no matter what you do." Because whatever you deal with, sometimes we can try to do things within ourselves and lean on our own understanding and mess things, slap up. Not trusting in God wholeheartedly. But notice what he says here. I want you to notice the definition. Trust in the Lord and do good. One definition is to do better and to be better. And another definition we need to understand, agreeable with scripture scripture not what pastor Dobbs think but what does the word say because this is when you know you are doing what is right somebody said give it not right that's not what the word says somebody says pray is not right that's not what the word says the Bible says treat those who despitefully use you right well now I need to get them back no that's not what God says And said, whose report do you believe? Do you believe the report of the Lord? Listen, because I know in my flesh I want to get them. And and this is what's sad in my mind. I know how to get them. But this is why God says, you can't go by your way, God, Dobbs. You got to use it, go by my way. And this is what the Bible is letting us know. I've got to trust God no matter what comes up in my life. Because, you ever notice something? God will allow the injustice and the evil to happen, and then he'll sit back and watch what you're going to do in the middle of it. Listen, he'll let you, he'll let somebody do you wrong in the middle of the storm, and then he'll sit back and see how you're going to react about it. Listen, they will do you wrong, and then God will sit back and say, how you going to respond? Do you trust me? Or you're going to lean to your way of doing things. And God will let us know, you got to trust me. You got to trust me. You got to trust me. And then we don't need to worry about judging others, for they are when they'll be judged, neither. Let's go to 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7. We don't need to worry about judging others or when they will be judged. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. Why? For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Isn't it good to know God looks at the heart? That means he observes the heart, he watches the heart, he gives attention to the heart, he discerns at the heart. Now, when I first looked at that, I I was looking at everybody else. But you know what I'm glad about? I'm glad that God looks at my heart when I get ready to do stuff. I'm glad He looks at my heart when He gets ready to when I get ready to do stuff. Because even if I it don't look right on the outside, but because my heart is right, God will protect me in that process. We ought to know that when we do things the right way, that God will protect us. I remember reading the story in the book of Genesis. Abraham and Sarah had went up to the king, I believe it's Ambalat. And when they went there, they, Abraham told the king that this is my sister. And, and Sarah was a beautiful woman. He said, you sure this is your sister? <laughs> and he said, listen, I to get with this sister right here. Because she is beautiful. I'm going to make her one of my wives. And so he was getting ready to make her his wife. And the Lord stopped him. He said, why? Well, you stop Because I see your heart, king. You're doing this out of the integrity of your heart. But this is this man's wife. You better not touch her. And the king got upset. Hey, God, you know. And this is what he told God. God. Hey, I thought this was his sister. This is what your man, of, well, I paraphrase, this is what your man of God told me. But he said, what? Hey, this is this man's wife. He said, hey, I can't touch this woman. And the, and the God says, I saved you because of the integrity of your heart. And you need to understand that God will protect you when you do things the right way. Out of the integrity of your heart, just like he did that king, just like he did, does for us even today. We do things out of the integrity of our heart. He will protect us. Now, let's go a little further. Let's go to Psalms 7 and verse 11. The book of Psalms, chapter 7, chapter 7, verse 11. God is a just judge, and God is angry with the wicked every day. Ooh-wee. You see, God is angry with the wicked every day. Every day. He's angry with the wicked. Now, God is a just judge. He avenges, he executes one who reasons, and God is angry to denounce and express indignation with the wicked every day. Read a few thoughts about that. He's just, he's righteous, and he is correct in his judgment. Never underestimate that. God is just, he is righteous, and he is correct in his judgment. If we try to do the judging, we may not carry it out correctly. Or the the one being punished may even like the punishment we give them because we do it because they got a demented mindset. God knows how to punish people. We think we do, but God knows a better way. And there's some people, they like to see you get upset or get angry. There's some people, they have their motive in life is to make people upset and angry. And you fall right into their trap, and here they are making fun of you because you upset or you are angry. And sometimes we got to be careful because we may carry out judgment at the wrong time. Can you imagine the people that who tried to carry out judgment on Paul? It would have been at the wrong time because Paul ended up writing two-thirds of the New Testament. That's why it's important that we're led by the Holy Spirit to carry out Judgment at the right time and in the right manner. Wicked and twisted behavior gets God's attention daily. But God has not forgotten about them and He will execute judgment at the appropriate time. Because God can still use the wicked. Y'all know that, right? Oh, the Bible says the wealth of the wicked laid up for the who? Just. We don't want to kill the people that God gonna use to bless us. Lord, look how y'all look at him. But that's his, that's his word, not mine. I gotta trust him that he said, hey, I'm gonna use that wicked person to bless you. Well, I don't like what they do. I wanna execute judgment my way. And you might be killing the very one gonna pay off your mortgage, your house, and everything else. Okay, all right. That's why we gotta do it who? God's way. We gotta do it what? God's way. You know what? This this is Richard Dobbs. I'm gonna tell y'all a quick story. This quick story by Richard Dowson. I didn't necessarily agree with everything that some people did, but you know what? When they sent me money, I showcashed sure it. <laughs> Y'all think about that for a moment. <laughs> so we have to understand that God is a just judge, a, judge. And He God is angry with the wicked every day. We, remember, we need to remember to trust God and have our confidence in the Lord wholeheartedly and continue to do good do better and be better I always remember that God's excuse me that that good is based on the word of God and not on man's standards I always remember that good is based on the word of God and not on man's standard this is one of the reasons why we need to have a revelation of God's words daily to know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You find that in Romans chapter twelve and verse two. Want to be a witness of better for the wicked, but not be tempted to stray away because of them. I always want to listen, people can be saved. People can be delivered. We will see that all throughout Scripture. And the other part of that scripture reads as follows. He wants to feed, uh, feed on His faithfulness. Now, think about this for a moment. I like the description that He gives when we, after we do good, we trust in the Lord and do good. He wants us to feed on His faithfulness. Feed means to tend to, to instruct, to teach on His faithfulness. Faithfulness means steadfastness, firmness, and loyalty. So one of the things I want, uh, that God wants us to do in this particular text is to consume His faithfulness. Consume His faithfulness. Consume His steadfastness. Consume His firmness. Consume His loyalty. And as you consume it, God will give you strength to be faithful. Listen, I wish it was just, it, it, listen, I wish we could do this, uh, 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 that everybody can catch a hold of things like this. Whatever you consume, that's what you're gonna manifest. Mm, mm, mm. So I wanna consume on God's loyalty. I wanna consume on His firmness. I wanna consume His steadfastness. I wanna be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? When I consume that, I'm gonna produce that. I'm gonna produce what God has for his people. I want to produce that. I want to produce it because if I consume it, I will produce it. You know, we, we have a saying back in the day. I don't know if it's still saying it anymore. You are what you eat. Oh, can you imagine? By Every time you keep eating his word, you're going to continue to produce it. Every time. He said, feed on my what? Faithfulness. If you feed, if you consume his faithfulness, you're going to be loyal. You won't be steadfast. You are going to be firm in the word of God, in the ways of God. And let me say this to you. If you find yourself weak in these areas, go back to what he said. Go back and say, okay, Lord, I find myself not being steadfast, not being firm, not being loyal. I need to go back what you told me to do. I got to feed on this. I got to consume this. If I consume it, I will produce it. And if we feed on his faithfulness, we will be faithful. We will be loyal. We will be steadfast. As well as God will give us the strength to be faithful. David encourages us to change our focus and attention to what the wicked, uh, on, on, excuse me, not on what the wicked is doing, but trusting the Lord and doing good and feeding on his faithfulness. Let's go to Psalms 37 and verse 4. Psalms 37 verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He should give you the desires of your heart. Again, delight. Be happy about it. Be merry about. Be merry about yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires, the requests, the petitions of your heart, your inner man, your understanding, and your will. One of the words that really stood out to me is As I am happy about what I'm doing in God. He's going to give me the desires of my heart. My inner man. My understanding. What I understand. Just like in Matthew 9 and 29. According to your faith being unto you. What I understand. When I understand healing is mine. I can have it. When I understand that deliverance is mine. I can have it. The thing is, he's trying to get knowledge and understanding to me. When I delight myself in the Lord, it's no longer my desire, but it's his desire. And when I get his desire, all I'm doing is agreeing with Scripture. I'm agreeing with the word of God. I'm agreeing with the promises of God. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen. So I agree with God when he said he won't be delivered. So I won't, if I understand that deliverance is mine, I can have it. When I, when I come across sickness and disease, when I understand that healing is mine, I can have it. When I understand, amen, that prosperity is available to me, I can have it. Good God Almighty. Oh, when I understand that joy is mine, I can have it. When I understand that peace is mine, I can have it. I can When I will, whatever I understand in his word, it is mine. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he, not, not me, not he, not Pastor Doug, not OCC, but God will give you the desire of your heart. What do you understand about God? See, the more you understand, the more you can have about God. The more deliverance you can have, the more prosperity you can have, the more power you can have, the more love you can have, the more grace you can have, the more mercy you can have. Whatever you understand about God, he says, I will give it to you. I give it to you. I give it to you. God's not trying to hold anything back from us. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. What if I trust him? When I trust him, I know he's going to give me my desire. Oh, the reason I'm steadfast, because he gave me my desire. The reason I'm loyal, he gave me my desire. I realized my desires, I put them in the wind. I can't trust my desires. I got to trust. What does God want for my he wants me to be happy in what I do for him. Oh, I said, well, God, you want me happy. That's not my desire. You want me to be happy. So, God, you give me strength to be happy. I'm just going to be happy because why? You told me you want me happy. I, I receive you want me to be happy. Well, I, as I'm going through a rough trial. Yeah, I know you're going through a rough trial, but God will deliver you out of every last one of them. Give God time and he'll get you out of it. How many know God will get you out of it? Oh, he's been doing it every, he's has got, it got a good track record. He's been getting us out of mess after mess, trial after trial, situation after situation. As a believer delights himself in the Lord, that desires line up with the will of God for their lives. If I believe happiness is mine, I can have it. If I believe, amen, that right thinking is mine, I can have it. Oh, if I, as a believer delights himself in the Lord, God's gonna give them the desires of their heart. Look at how delight in the Lord activates our heart desires. It is a choice to be happy in the Lord. We see how many Christians who call on the name of Jesus but looking at as though they're miserable. They're sad, they're angry, they're jealous, they're envy, and yet they're supposed to be leading others to the God who gives power. To overcome and cause us to be happy. But you know God has not changed according to Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He wants us to be genuinely happy in him. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be happy. And I agree with God. I agree with God. Let me say this to you. God wants you to be happy more than you want to be happy. He wants us to be debt free more than we want to be debt free. He wants us to have a happy marriage more than we want to have a happy marriage. He wants us to be happy in our single life more than we want uh, want our own single life to be happy. He wants us to be happy when we own our own company or our business or promote on that job or get that promotion or increase. He wants us to receive it because it's his desire for us to have it. God wants his children to have the best. Thank you, Lord. God wants us to have. his true to have the best. The best better is here. Better is coming. Bigger is here. Bigger is coming. And then he goes on to say in Psalms 37 and verse five. Thirty-seven and five. Let me read back. Let's go back to verse one for a moment. Do not fret because of evil Do not nor be envious. Of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass. And wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord. And do good. Dwell in the land. And feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And he will give you. The desires of your heart. And in verse 5 he says this. Commit your way. To the Lord. Trust Also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Let me tell you something: if God gonna bring something to pass in your life, can't no devil in hell stop God from bringing it to pass in your life. I know. Let me say this to you: don't think because it didn't show up yesterday that God can't make it show up next week, because He will cause it to come to pass. Let's look at this with this uh, the scripture a little closer. Commit means to roll together. Now that, that's interesting when you say roll together, but basically one of the definitions, one of the indication that text is, we're taking what we got and committing it or rolling it over to God. <laughs> roll, listen, I'm, I'm rolling what I think, and I'm like, well my thinking ain't get me nowhere, so let me go to what God's way of doing things. I, I'm trying to get peace in my, my own way of getting peace, but I need to roll my way over to God's way of peace i got trying to get joy and be happy on my own, but I need to roll my way over here and do it the way God wants me to get peace and to be happy. I got to quit leaning on my way of doing it and trust God because God got a better way. How many know God got a better way? Oh, God. Thank, thank God he got a better way. Roll your way, your direction, your course of life, your path to who? The Lord not to the church. Roll into the, commit your way to the Lord. Come on over to the Lord's side. Yeah, I know you've been doing it your way for X number of years, but come on, let's do it God's way now. I know you have been given the way you thought you need to give, but let's give God's way now. I know you've been praying the way you thought you ought to pray, but let's do it God's way. You tried to live your life your way, but let's commit our way over to God's way of doing it. now. When I do that, he says, trust also in him. So when I change my way of doing things, I'm going to trust in God's way. And then when I do it, he's going to bring it to pass. He's going to accomplish it, make it work out and put my life in order. David tells us to trust and put confidence in him. He shall bring it to pass. Just like our fame for the year is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Don't place confidence in your way of doing things. But lean. don't lean to your, listen, I know. And this is what you got to understand. Just like those the people that do injustice think that what they're doing is right, we can be in our own self and think what we're doing is right. We get mad at the folks that do injustice in the world, but we forget about sometimes what we do in our own personal life. And sometimes we get caught up and say, I'm going to do it this way and it's going to work this way. And I know what pastor said and I know what the Bible said, but I think that this way going to work. And And you get mad at them folks over there. What about you doing what you call yourself doing? Be like the rest of us and just repent. <laughs> Woo! Somebody looking at the ad and say, "Lord, please forgive me." Hallelujah. Verse six, Proverbs three and six. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. The scripture makes this text so powerful. Is Isaiah fifty-five and eleven? Let's go there. Be our last one. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 11. You got to understand, when God is, says, I'm giving you my word, he's got power behind his word. He's got power behind it. He's not giving you something that is not going to give you the results that he wants you to have. Because he says in isaiah fifty five verse eleven so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth; it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which i excuse me in the thing for which I sin it. I like this, so shall my my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It should not return to me void, empty, empty, ineffective, or vain, but it should accomplish, it should produce, it should work, it should make, it should prepare what I please, and it should prosper in the thing for which I sent it. We know when God sends His word in our life, God got the power for that word to accomplish something powerful in our lives. Something life changing in our lives. Something that's gonna make, produce better in our lives. Something, amen, when we say better is here, better is coming, God got the power to produce it. He's got the power to cause your life to think, to talk, to act more like Jesus. God has power to cause our life to be better. Than it ever has been before. And how many can it say that God has made your life better because of you? Well, listen, just trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord wholeheartedly. See, when we have the power of God working good in us, now good is according to God's word. Remember, good is according to God's word. We have a standard of good, but God has the standard. See, I may think certain foods are good. You may not think. So We that's not something we can agree on. But we all should be able to agree on what God says in his word. What he says in the scriptures. If he says it's good, it's good. Trusting in the the Lord will cause us to do good. Remember what he said in verse 3? Trust in the Lord and do what? Good. He said in verse 3, trust in the Lord and do what? Good. Verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do what? Good. And good, of course, is according to God's standard of good. And I like what he said. I I send forth my word. And when he sends forth his word, it's not going to return void. You know what it's going to produce? Good. Going to produce good in your home. Produce good in your school. Going to produce good in your business. Going to produce good in your career, going to produce good in your marriage, going to produce good in your single life. It's going to produce good in whatever area of your life you allow God to be in. It's going to produce what? Good. Because his word can't return back to him more. So it's got to accomplish whatever you send it to. You send it to your single life, it's going to produce good. If you send it to your finances, it's going to produce good. If you send it to the way you think, it's going to produce good. If you send it to your loved ones, it's going to produce what? Good. We got to believe and trust in the Lord wholeheartedly. But one key about that is a choice that we all must make. It's a choice. God will not force anybody to do good. He's going to say, Hey, I present to you. Notice we said uh, to, Oh gosh, I, I give you a choice, life or death. Choose life that you may live. Joshua, Joshua, choose life that you may live. I give you a choice. I tell you what to choose you got to make a choice that you're do good stand here thank you so much for listening to today's message please subscribe to our podcast and if you're ever in the Villarica area you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7 you can also reach us at 770-459-6221 That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.